Do you wanna know what makes an online community truly successful? If having a community in your online course offering is right for you, and how to cultivate engagement and value in your community, stay tuned to learn. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. Hey everyone, it's Jacques Hopkins and welcome back to the online course show. Today I'll be joined by one of the co-founders of one of the top community platforms, Circle. I know many of you are using Circle to host your community and courses. Others of you have thought about using Circle or even if you've never heard about Circle before, that's okay because our focus today is simply on communities, regardless of platform. Andy Guttermson is a former Teachable employee and broke off a few years ago to create Circle. In this conversation, you'll hear about why he created the product, how it's evolved over the years, and most importantly, the most effective strategies to starting, running, and growing your own communities. Before we get into it, let me tell you about this episode's sponsor, and that's Bonjoro. Bonjoro is a tool I have used for years to help with onboarding my students into my online course. It allows me to quickly and easily send a short video to my students. It's personalized, and it doesn't take me much time at all to send it to them. So when somebody signs up for my course, within a couple of days, they will get a personal welcome video from the creator, and it's something I recommend you do as well for your students, and Bonjoro makes that as easy easy and painless as possible. You can try it out for free. And if you decide to go with one of their paid plans, you can get a special 20% off for life by using the link I'm about to share with you. It's bonjoro.com slash OCG. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com slash O-C-G. And with that, let's get on to the full conversation between myself and Andy. Hey, Andy, welcome to the online course show. Thanks, Jack. Really appreciate you having me. Andy, why is why is community so important? One of the the challenges I think without community is that you sometimes it takes longer to get the feedback loop because when we all create these courses and these experiences, the big thing we want to do is provide somebody with this transformation that they see and that we feel really great about. Community helps accelerate that transformation, and it also makes it super clear and obvious when it's happening because you've been along for the ride uh, with that person. And so I, you know, I'll record the separate intro. Obviously you're one of the co-founders of a community platform, uh, one that's, I believe become quite popular. I know plenty of people using it circle. What is it? Uh, what specifically about circle is maybe different than some of the competitors that uh, really helps people achieve that goal and enhances the transformation? Yeah. So, you know, Circle at this point, we have over 10,000 customers, you know, many of the most popular communities online run on Circle. And what's kind of cool about it is, you know, Circle is really just the technology in the background. You get all the credit, right? So you could be uh, a massive company like Adobe, but most of our customers are just course creators and people who are building, you know, digital businesses. And, And so I think what 
uh, has helped, you know, circle grow really fast is that you can get up and running really quickly and the product gets better and better every single month. And there's also this pull in the market, which is if you're a course creator right now, you'll start to see like, there's a lot of demand from your students. Like students want these experiences because they see the value in them. There's, there's high perceived value, but high real value. And so, uh, I think there's been a shift in the market where people really crave this kind of experience from, from their teachers. Yeah, I've, def- I've definitely seen seen that shift. When I first launched my course, you know, community wasn't even on my radar at all, but that was 10 years ago. And for years, it was just the course pretty much. And eventually, after a lot of pressure, I, I did um, did add in a community a few years back. And at the time, I just threw in a Facebook group um, for the, for that business. But, you know, you've mentioned course creators a lot. Are you seeing a lot of your users where the community is the product or is it almost always something added on to, say, a course? Yeah, you know, when we started, we thought it was going to be the former where, or sorry, where, where you're basically taking a community, bolting it on to some other existing product that you experience or, or some experience you provide, right? What's actually ended up happening is, of course, we see a ton of that. But for many of the most impressive businesses that we see, actually, like the community is the thing. The community is the product. And one of my favorite examples of that is a community called SPI Pro, a guy named Pat Flynn who runs um, basically a membership site for for business you know builders and, and all that. But what that community like he has a whole bunch of different value props in there. It's it's like the main thing you get. It's really the connection and and members chatting with each other. And so you know it's not necessarily a, a one to many you know course experience in that case, uh, which is really popular or like a cohort based course. It's more so like the membership itself is the thing that people are, are signing up for. Yeah. I've, I've seen the inside. That's one of the places I've seen, um, circle in action. We had Pat on, um, in episode 200, if anybody wants to go listen to that, um, where he talked extensively about this. Um, but you, you mentioned where you started with circle, um, and, and kind of bolting it onto another, uh, another existing platform isn't necessarily where, where that vision is taking you today. I had always heard that circle was created by some people that left teachable. So is that, are you one of those that were at teachable before? And, and if you could walk me through how that process came to be to break off and start circle from teachable. Yeah. So yeah, I have two co-founders. Um, my co-founder, Sid, he, uh, he worked at teachable with me, uh, CEO of Teachable Encore Nagpal, um, one of my best friends in the world. And, and so, you know, we worked there for five years and, and we built that business, uh, together as a team. And, and Sid was on the kind of founding team there. And, uh, you know, after about five years or so, you know, Teachable's business was great, probably 40,000 paying customers at that time. You know, obviously all course creators doing really well. Uh, one of the things that we noticed when we were there is, you know, you always look for outliers. Like who are the people that are doing really well and why are they doing really well? Like what are they doing different? And so what we saw was that the best course creators, the ones that were earning the most, the ones that had these like raving fans as students and the people who they would sell that first course. And then because they delivered such a great experience, they were able to sell the second and the third. They had these really great lifetime values from their students. Those people, they were creating 
some type of community experience alongside it. And it could be anything from a Facebook group to a Slack group. Uh, it could be literally a, a text, like a group chat, but there was some type of community experience where the students weren't just learning from that instructor. They were learning from each other. And so, um, you know, we thought, Hey, what if you could take a community little product and add it to a course platform? But what ultimately ended up happening was that actually the community itself, the membership experience, that was what was the main thing. And it was almost like people were kind of like adding the course experience. So I would have this membership and it would be like the whole experience. And, oh, I'm also going to offer a course in here. I'm going to offer this like mastermind group in here. I'm going to offer this place to get feedback in here. I'm going to bring in expert interviews and maybe I'll have a little dedicated space for my coaching. And that's kind of the evolution we saw. One of the things I've always disliked about, uh, for example, Teachable is um, it, it does one thing well, um, but pretty much just the one thing of delivering courses. And I like to have, um, as far as a user experience goes, have as, as many of the things for the student in one place as possible. And when I was, when, when Circle first came out, I was very encouraged by, you know, the, the, the community, you could run a community, not have it be on a Facebook group or Slack. Um, but I think when you first launched, you didn't have courses inside of Circle, but I think you do now, right? Is that, um, how, how important do you think it is to have all those things in one place for the student? You know, really important because, you know, candidly, when we left Teachable, we were just focused on the community piece. Like we didn't want to build course products right away. Like we had just done that for five years. And also like we kind of actually viewed teachable partners. Like we, you know, that we were working with them. Like I, we thought the two products would work well together at the end of the day, though, as we look at like the last few years, how different tools have evolved, the, um, there's really a desire from course creators. Like they want it all in one. Right. And like, you can't fight what the market wants. And so, uh, we eventually just were like, actually, we think we could build a better, the, the best course experience is one that, fits like into this kind of holistic vision, right? So if I have a, if we look at like the best course businesses, um, a lot of times actually what they are, there's somebody who's doing some coaching. They might also have this like entry level course. They might have their kind of premium signature course. Maybe they have some group who are in this like recurring type of membership experience. But what you need is one holistic, often what you need is one holistic experience where people can kind of expand into these other experiences without having to go into some, you know, into two or three or four different tools. It should feel seamless. And so that's, uh, I think, kind of what, what people are demanding, actually, these days. I think one of the reasons people are hesitant, maybe they have a successful course business, but are hesitant to, to add a community uh, is, is the potential for creating more work. And so you want to, uh, you want to have this thing and you want to, to, to have it deliver value to your students. Um, so what, what are you seeing as good ways to, to utilize the community and actually deliver value, but maybe not take too much of our time either? I think it's such a good question. So there's a couple, couple things that, that come to mind and they're going to sound conflicting, but the first thing is that these communities, like they really do take work, you know, there I've seen like claims out there. Oh yeah. This community will run itself. Like never happens. These communities take real work and it's almost like starting a fire when you get it started. So you might go out 
And what we recommend is actually getting like 30 founding members or, you know, something small, talking with all of them one-on-one. -on -one. And we could talk about how to onboard them properly, deliver the value prop, make it a no-brainer for those first members. But it takes real work. And then at the same time, it's almost like if you don't have a lot of time and you're really busy all the time, actually, in some ways, you might need a community. Because what's really amazing about a community is that when it's working, after you've kind of like tried to start that fire from scratch or rubbing the sticks together, like, you know, to get it to get it started with those founding members, it can take off and turn into like this real, real thing. And actually, the members can help each other. And so uh, all of a sudden, if somebody has this really important question, one of my favorite uh, examples of the community is, is Dave Gearhart runs a community called Exit Five. I, I think it's probably the number one B two B marketing community online uh, for tech brands and startups. There's three thousand members. It's a seven figure business. It's really just Dave who runs it on his own. But the um, if somebody asks a question in there, it used to be Dave replying to every single one. Now somebody asks a question in there, there's thirty responses. And then Dave might just come in and see if he has anything to add, but like he, he's not commenting on most of this stuff. So I, I think there's, um, there's, it's definitely the kind of thing that requires time, but can pay off. The other thing, and this is what we recommend for everybody is like, if you are busy, it's going to be a lot of work, reduce the scope. So what we always say is like, what are your rituals? Find two or three rituals in the community. A ritual is something along the lines of like, maybe you don't have an always on community. Maybe what you do is you have a uh, an expert come in once a week on like an important topic. People can come in, ask questions. Maybe you do office hours once a week. Maybe if you're in a writing community like David Perel's community, I get to submit one piece of work a week. I get a bunch of feedback from these really smart people who are going through it with me. And that's the thing. And, and so there's probably 20 different examples of these signature offerings, these, these rituals. Choose two or three to start and then layer on from there. The, the reason, like I said, that I fought a community for so long um, with my first business, Piano in 21 Days, uh, was because of the work thing. I didn't want it to be more work. Just another place somebody could reach out to me. What I was hoping is that it would be a, the, the one place that my students could actually interact with each other. And because I, when I started it, I already had thousands of students that, um, that fear didn't come to be. It, it was a place for people to interact with each other, but I had a lot of students already and, and they all joined at the same time and it, it really worked. But for people with a lower number, or if, if you're going, um, going through time and you just have lulls where like, it's just not as interactive, um, would you say these like these rituals, is that the key thing to implement to increase engagement where you're you're picking something and you're you're doing it on a schedule? So, for example, now we uh, my community manager will post something valuable like every, every Tuesday once a week to try to stir up engagement. And then on Fridays, we'll post we'll do a post about sharing your wins for the week. Is that the type of thing you're talking about? Totally like that. Those are examples of of rituals, uh, for sure. And, um, you know, I, I think at the same time, something that, that we've tried to do a better job of is also setting expectations with people who are launching communities around what is good engagement and like, actually, do you need your community to be, you know, on all the time? Because 
some of the best communities out there are communities where I'm maybe I'm going through a course and I have a whole bunch of students that come in and it's a beginning and an end to that course. And maybe after like eight weeks, actually that's all we need. That was the promise that we were wanted to deliver on. And so um, some example, like sometimes there are courses that have a beginning and an end and there's like an alumni group afterwards, but it might be its own thing. You kind of almost graduate to that. But I think something else you can do that really sets yourself up for success. And a lot of people skip this is nailing the onboarding of the members because the expectation setting happens during the onboarding. So one of my favorite examples, Pat Flynn, what they do for SBI pro, you know, I remember back when I was going to go to college and, you know, I was freshman kind of nervous and remember uh, there was going to do the orientation where like you go and you meet all the other folks coming in to get all the other kids coming into uh, to college. And, you know, it's probably a month or so or whatever before you actually get there. Well, Pat, they do the same thing in their community. So you apply and you get in and you're going to be added, whatever. But before you're even added, so everybody's added together. So you've got to get to go in with a big group. But a month beforehand, they actually have an orientation where you meet, you ask a bunch of questions, all that kind of stuff. You know all these people now. So when you get into the community, well, one, you've learned all about the community because they set all the expectations in there. But then you also know all these familiar faces and you're starting, you know, not from scratch. They have like a video come up. They have an onboarding checklist. They ask you to go and do these four or five things. One of those things might be getting value from the actual community going and like consuming some content or seeing some, you know, good conversations. Another might be learning the actual environment itself. Another might be connecting with a member. And so they might like suggest you DM this member or whatever it is. And so you can do a lot of this stuff if you're thoughtful about it, where it's like you check these boxes and it really increases the likelihood of your community working even at a small scale with a small number of people. So is that just like a, a best practice or do you, are there actual features inside of a circle that help facilitate that process? Yeah. So there are features, right? So like, for instance, with circle, we have an onboarding feature where you can go in and map out like, all right, I want people to watch this video. You know, as soon as they land the first time, we're just going to show them this video and I can create like a, what we call like a start here space, which people are automatically brought to when they come into the community for the first time gives them like a, a checklist. Uh, you know, there's things you can do with like automations and workflows, um, which is a circle feature, but all it does is it, it enables you to kind of do whatever you want in terms of day one, somebody's going to get this message. Day two, somebody's going to be added to this space. Day three, we're going to send a note saying to go watch this thing. Like you can kind of set up those types of experiences. And so it's really, you know, it's limited by kind of what, what your creativity is and every community is different in terms of how you'll, you'll do onboarding. Yeah. So now, now that communities are so popular, you know, you mentioned back at teachable, you were looking at the different aspects of, of, you know, people that were really successful. You might have community, you might have somebody in there coaching, um, being able to submit, uh, things you're working on for review, uh, having, having seen all this and your time at teachable and now with circle and, and working with so many people inside of those platforms, um, where are you seeing the line between like 
a one-time pay option for, for more of a course situation that maybe has a community too versus people charging more recurring on a recurring basis monthly? Are you, are you seeing that shift happen? And, and where, where do we draw that line? I think a lot of people have started to talk about recurring revenue and I understand the appeal of recurring revenue and a ton of circle communities are run by people with monthly membership experiences where I get access to like a whole bunch of content um, or by the way, not even a whole bunch of content. It could just be like some community type experiences in there, right? It really could be, I submit this thing, I get the review, whatever it is. But um, actually, if you look at like the ultimate performance, who's earning the most, there's a really compelling case for sometimes like you just have a premium one-off experience and people get access to that course and it's $500 or it's $300 or it's $2,000. And that's it. Like, it doesn't have to be a recurring. You can provide that transformation in six weeks. And so I don't think there's a right way or wrong way, I, but I, I do think maybe people have started to kind of err on the side of always trying to think about everything has to be recurring and all of that. And I don't know if it always makes the most sense. The other thing is, I think there are smart ways to do it, which is like, you might have your signature product, which is maybe it's a few hundred dollars, whatever it is, the big transformations, what you're known for. But I think for the best folks, um, you can offer a second product where it's kind of like, once you get through that, you're part of the alumni group or whatever it is for more ongoing, you know, all the time type stuff, uh, or for your coaching or, you know, whatever it is. That's, that's really well said. I think there's a great appeal to the monthly recurring revenue, but I do think a lot of ways it's easier to say, Hey, for this for this result, for this transformation I'm going to provide you, it's going to cost this month money, this much money. You're not going to have to stick around month after month and and maybe never get the result. Um, whereas I'll usually say, if it is going to be recurring, it's something that can support them on some process where you can always get better at it. <laughs> I, I was on a podcast one time where it was almost a debate format and I was representing the one-time payment course situation and there was somebody else representing um, memberships. And I've always charged a one-time fee for my, for my product because I charge, I'm one of the, the most expensive piano products. Um, the, the full price is a thousand dollars and sometimes we'll offer a discount for 800. And so my argument, uh, against switching that model to monthly has always been, I don't like, I don't think I can charge any more than a hundred dollars a month. Let's say that's the most I could possibly charge. Well, somebody would have to stick around at least 10 months to just break even versus the one-time pay. And I still, you know, I still believe in that simple math, but the only argument that, that made, that he, he made a great argument, um, that I hadn't thought of until that time was, you know, what if, what if 10 times more people are intrigued by the monthly pay option, right? 10, 10 times more people sign up because it is monthly pay. So I thought that was an interesting argument, but I haven't tried it yet. Um, and I'm still sticking to that one time, one time pay. Yeah. And I, I guess there's, there's the, so there's also a difference too, between recurring, like ongoing revenue, which literally never ends until a customer chooses to cancel an installment too, which is like the thousand yes. dollars versus like, I'm going to do this in 10 installments of a hundred dollars or whatever it is, or 12 installments. 
versus you're signing up. There's no end in sight. You can cancel whenever you want, but it's $99. The other option is charging uh, an annual fee, but it's still recurring. So a lot of people that do like they'll have like a $50 a month type membership, but they'll do it. So instead of it being 600 over the course of the year paid monthly, it'll be like $500 paid annually, or like they don't even have a monthly option, just paid annually. Cause the other thing is like, if it's a community, which is a little bit different than a course, a community, you actually like need people to be planning to stick around and contribute to the community. It's not just them taking, it's them giving. And so you have to set that expectation up front too. So sometimes with the community, it makes more sense to to have people sign up for 12 months because like, hey, you're going to be in it. Like this is not a short-term thing. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you clarified that point. I certainly do offer payment plans, uh, but that would be yeah. different than the, the just ongoing monthly recurring. What about what about cohort based communities versus just ongoing uh, memberships? Have you seen one model succeed more than another? I wouldn't say that that one is uh, succeeds more than another. I, I think cohorts are maybe like easier. I think they're easier for like the first time person to do. Actually, I still think they're complicated, but the, um, when I look at like some of the best examples of cohort based courses out there, they're truly game changing businesses. Like they really transform the lives of thousands of students. They earn many, many millions of dollars. So I'll give you a, so a few examples come to mind. One is a community called, uh, ship 30 for 30 from a guy named Dickie Bush they basically produce a piece of content every day for 30 days. And I know, you know, multiple seven figure business, really great business. Uh, but they're all going through it together. They're all publishing together. Really cool. David Perel, right of passage thousand uh, Tiago Forte building a second brain. It's a course on, you know, it has thousands of people going through it, tons of high touch coaching. So they're really able to help get people outcomes. In, in a way that they're kind of more in control. It's expensive, it's thousands of dollars for each person who signs up. But at the end of it, you know, you get this specific outcome. And I think uh, one of the things, I guess, you know, when you do a one-to-many course that completely self-serve that I always found um, challenging. And I noticed, you know, I think a lot of people find it challenging. It's like, sometimes you like, it's out of your control. You sell the course and then it's like, you're, it's kind of like just up to the student. You never know what happens after that. That was always something I, I found challenging at Teachable. I still find it challenging at, at Circle. But the um, thing about cohort-based courses, is like when somebody signs up for it, they're also signing up for the community piece. They're signing up kind of knowing they're going to be engaging and doing work along the way. And there's going to be the touch point. So you, as a creator, feel like it's a little bit more in your control. Are all those examples you just brought up, are they all on, on Circle? Yes. Very cool. Uh, and they're they're delivering like the actual course content through Circle as well? The, um, I'd have to check. I won't hold you to it. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to check on David Perel um, or versus like the community piece. Because some of these were launched actually before, um, before we had a course uh, a course feature. And so then they had to move, move over to, uh, to start the rest of it over to circle. So Andy's st starting a business that you can run in circle, um, is, is not easy, right? If, um, somebody that just like in your personal life, you know, they learn about circle, what you do, 
And uh, they're like, oh, that's interesting. I would love to do something like that. Like, how, how do you recommend people get started with, with an online business that you can run inside of Circle? So I, I think a lens to look through is like, what can we do to really give people a chance to succeed early and like get that positive reinforcement and that momentum that will sustain them? It's like they need a quick win which to me, a lot of times a quick win is not how do I earn a full-time living from this? It's like, how do I get five people interested? And then how do I actually build the confidence that I can deliver the outcome that I'm promising them, which I think is a big part of it. Like you got to feel good that, Hey, I'm going to deliver this promise. I'm I'm saying I'm making this promise. I'm going to deliver it. And then from there, if you can do that, I think it becomes much easier to scale it all up. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, if my sister came to me, she's a video editor and she said, Andy, I want to start. Um, I want to teach people how to do this stuff. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to be a better example. My wife, she's friends with a, with a actual like video editor, kind of like director type in, um, mixed documentaries and stuff like that. And she came to my wife and my wife uh, has experience in the course space. And so she said, hey, I want to do this. I want to create you know, a course. And actually, my wife gave her, I thought, really good advice. Uh, and by the way, it all ended up working out very well for her, which is she said, look, you're great at creating these like documentaries and editing them and all of that. There's a lot of other aspiring documentary filmmakers who want to learn how to do all this stuff and get like a doc made. And so she created not a course, she just created a small group. I think there was like 10 or 12 people in it. She charged, I think it was like a thousand or a couple thousand dollars. And she literally got together with them in person, actually, uh, for, you know, one time and then did like a weekly group kind of coaching call with a curriculum that she built and she would teach it live, get questions live. And she did that over a couple of months and it was great. Like she sold the seats right away. Um, And so she didn't have this like grand vision of here's how a thousand people could take this course. It was hands-on in the weeds talking to real customers, which I think a lot of people skip that step too much, but she didn't. And it worked really well. I've heard a lot of people, you know, succeed with that path, um, but it's intimidating to a lot of people. Um, how, How did she even find the people to be able to present that offer to? So for her, it was, um, pretty scrappy. It was, uh, colleagues, like people like in her, like tangentially, like in her industry, who she thought might want to learn these skills from her, who she had a little bit of a reputation, but like they knew of her, you know, as just like a team member. Um, she would go and like post on, uh, boards, like, like Reddit would have boards for like aspiring filmmakers and stuff like that. And she would just, she was already part of them. So like, she would go in there and like help people and, and do all that kind of stuff really like looking LinkedIn on in, in the phone, like, who do I know? So like pretty scrappy. Cause look, she just needed 10 or 12 people, thousand, 2000 bucks. Like, yeah, if I can make that first $10,000 help those people, like that's a really great start. All right, Andy. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing all of this wisdom for us about, uh, about community and about circle. Um, if you could, uh, spend a little time talking about uh, your product and, um, I've mentioned how, you know, I've, I've certainly looked into it myself and, 
um, at a time when I was looking to switch, they didn't have courses. I know they have courses now. So, uh, what, what's the kind of the current state of the, of the platform and what are you excited about with where it's going in the future? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I think is just exciting about circle in general is the product gets so much better every single month. Like this, in terms of the pure number of features and new things coming out, there's always so much. And so just by being a circle customer, you're kind of like, all right, I know the first week of every single month I get to see it's like Christmas, all the new things coming out. The, um, you know, circle really what it is, is it's the easiest place to start and kind of like build your audience and, and community and, and build a business on, on the back of that community. And so, you know, for us, we started out building these community features, which include things like live chat and discussions and the ability to have, you know, accept payments and the ability to do live streams and live events and office hours and, and all of that in one place. And then, you know, we added on the ability to do courses. And I think, you know, it's a nuance, but there's a lot of tools that let you do courses or a lot of tools that let you have group chat or a lot of tools that let you have live video. I think what Circle is uniquely great at is that it does it in a way where it's not all these different point solutions. It creates this one holistic experience that makes you as the, the course creator look really, really good to your members. They're like, wow, I, this, this feels really good. It feels really uh, almost custom. And so uh, I think, you know, that's what I'm most excited about is like the polish for a lot of these features and making the current surface area better and feel really good. It's actually not so much big new features. Now we do, for instance, have uh, some exciting new features coming out, like like our workflows feature just came out. So we talked about onboarding earlier. What workflows lets you do, it's almost like email sequences. Like it lets you have triggers and actions where let's say somebody takes this action to my community. Now what I can do is I can send them a note or I can connect them with another member automatically. Or let's say somebody replies and does all these different you know comments and they're really helpful. I can add a badge to their community. I can do cool you know gamification and reward people and set up incentive systems. And so, you know, workflows is a big way to do that. Analytics. I think a lot of the best community builders, they're really in tune with how people are using their product, like their community experience. And then, you know, based on engagement, they're going and taking action. They're improving the experience for people. In order to do that, you need really great analytics and dashboards. And you want to know who are the top contributors and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that's something that we're about to launch next month, we already have analytics, but almost like analytics on steroids. Um, another example would be what we call circle plus, which is like your own custom branded apps. Nobody even knows it's circle. Right. And so, you know, imagine you go to the app store and they download literally it's like your brand, your app. Right. So that's something that's really popular, which we're, we've literally sold out of every single month since we started this year we're going to lift the capacity constraints, you know, in the next quarter or so. Uh, but that's like a big one as well. When you kind of like scale to the next level, you know, so that's it. Those are a few of the, the biggies. Yeah, that's cool. I like the, I like the branded app a lot. That's really cool. All right, Andy. Uh, thanks so much. If somebody wants to uh, learn more, is there like a free trial they can check out uh, of circle? Where should they go? 
Yeah, absolutely. Just go to circle.so and sign up for a free trial, play around the product, super easy. And of course, there's always people on the team that can give you a, a demo and show you what it what it looks like. But uh, Jack, I just want to thank you so much for for having me on. Uh, it's been really great to uh, to join you. Yeah, same here, Andy. Thanks so much. All right, thank you out there for listening to another episode here at the Online Course Show. This one focused all about communities. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you again to my guest, Andy, for joining me. For all the links and show notes, you will be able to find those at oc.show slash two. One six, And if you've been following this podcast for some time and, and you feel like you need some help, you need some coaching, you need some accountability, then I want you to check out the different programs we have to offer here at the Online Course Guy. To do that, you can head over to oc.show slash coaching to see what we have to offer and how it might be able to help you. This puts another episode in the books. Thank you so much for being here. I'm rooting for you and your success. I'll see you next time. 